Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, (laughs) Anthony Montrullo, joined by my co-host this week, uh, Comrade uh, Duncan Rhaegar. Another one I don't don't know. I don't know that one. Monster Um, Squad, man. Come on. Wolfman's got Nards. (laughs) Wolfman does have Nards. I remember that was in the commercial at the time that was like, whoa, can they say that on TV? (laughs) I don't think so. Turns out they could. Yeah. Yeah, if you're a nerd yeah. and you like monsters and you were born in the 80s, you uh, kind of had to like that one. True. It's, it's kind of mandatory. Yeah. So, uh, oh, and LaDonna uh, can't make it this week. She's busy with work. But uh, what's going on with you? <clears throat> um, well, it's 90,000 degrees here in the Midwest again. Uh, I bought an AC unit, but of course it was too lazy to put together. So now it's just sitting in a box staring at me, laughing at my, me sitting in front of a fan knowing that I'm not doing so well heat wise. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, another. I don't know. We didn't have a whole lot to talk about news wise last week because it was the holidays, and I feel like this week, like every day, there was another "holy shit, this is really happening" moment. Um, well, it's funny because, so. like, I when I was preparing the rundown, we 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 were just talking before we went on air about all the stuff we we're going to talk about, and then I was like, oh yeah, and we should. I guess we should mention the Supreme Court pick because <laughs> that happened since the last episode. But it's, it well, feels like it happened uh, like six weeks ago almost. Right, like, it's right. fucking crazy. Um, it's it's yeah, it, it's weird when stuff happens because I feel like well, by the time I hear about it, if you're on Twitter, it's already been discussed ad nauseum, and everyone's kind of walked away from it already. And you're like, wait, what happened? And then you have to wait for that window for like two weeks later when everyone on Facebook finally hears about it. And then you can talk to your relatives about the thing that happened that everyone else on Twitter already got bored of. Yeah, no, basically. Yeah, so uh, Brett Kavanaugh uh, is Trump's uh, Supreme Court nominee. He's, of course, a far-right you know, lunatic, uh, sides with corporations in almost every case, very anti-abortion, almost surely will overturn Roe v. Wade. Um, so you think that the Democrats, uh, considering how they got fucked out of a Supreme Court pick, you know, for, through reason, through, you know, their own fault and through the Republican, there's a lot, I mean, we can, and which we can get into, you think that they would be like vociferously coming out against this pick and saying like, of course, as a caucus, we're all going to oppose him and not even show up to you know to procedural things so we can block a vote on but they his pick can't until the midterms they they can't block a, a scotus pick i mean they could i mean physically they could by just not showing up but they can't do that because of susan sarandon <laughs> she's just too powerful she's yeah. too susan powerful. sarandon and oh yeah you know joe manchin and doug jones and other people who have said that they're open to voting yes on Brett Kavanaugh, even though he's, as I mentioned, a far-right lunatic. You know, go look up his voting record. Who names um, their kid Brett, anyway? Two what T's, no of, less. Two T's. It's just like, why not name your kid Craig or Brock? Like, what the fuck is a Brett? Ugh. I don't know. I don't know, man. But, so, you know, it, it's just, again, fucking Doug Jones. Like, you know, it, it, every Democrat in the fucking world acted like, you know... Oh, you people are so crazy not to support him. He was a civil rights leader. He's very progressive. You people are crazy purists. Motherfucker has voted with Trump like more times than he hasn't. He is about as far right of a Democrat as you can get. And now he's saying, oh, yeah, I'm very open to voting for a guy who's going to shift the court into a far right 
Supreme Court for the next 20 fucking years, well, probably. He didn't say he's open to vote against him. He's making it clear. He's signaling his intent to uh, allow you to bribe him <laughs> with favors <laughs> yeah, to exactly. get him to stop the unconscionable from happening. You know, and it's it's like, and then they, and they you know, the centrists say, well, we you can't run anyone to the left of that. It's yeah. like, wait, what? <laughs> Nobody to the left of that can win. even Because, you know, people in, in Arkansas or <clears throat> Alabama fucking love uh, when you give massive multi-billion dollar corporations tax breaks and when you deregulate Wall Street. When you do things. Big fans of that in, you know, one of the poorest states in the world, a state where the UN uh, essentially said that living conditions were like a third world country. I'm sure they're super into you deregulating Wall Street for rich fucking bankers. Like, well, it's yeah, I mean, laughable. it's, it's the, the weird, the weird part was, you know, um, of course, everyone is like, oh, it's all Susan Strain and Bernie's fault because this is the result of, you know, uh, not supporting Hillary enough and, and everything. Uh-huh. And it's like, and then you remind them, well, Hillary actually said she was willing to make concessions on Roe v. Wade, um, you know, if there, as long as there were protections for, uh, you know, for the health of the mother or if it was rape, right? And then they're all like, well, but there should be some limits on abortion. And it's like, well, you don't even fucking believe in Roe v. Wade then. Yeah, <laughs> no, the you don't believe in it if what you, do you fucking believe that there should yeah. be limits because then limits can be pushed and pushed What are they and whinging the about? Where... What are they whinging about if, if even this isn't, they said this is like the sacred uh, cross this line you do not cross thing. And then they just, as soon as you remind them that Hillary was willing to compromise, they're like, oh, well, actually, that's okay then. <laughs> nice like, nice so, use of whinging, by the way. Yeah. I had to word, say it word I didn't yeah. Word I didn't know about until Game of Thrones, but apparently I, it's a British slang yeah. term. Well, everyone had to use it for a while, and then it stopped getting used because they took this two-year hiatus. I just want everyone to know, still coming. <laughs> so, LaDonna, if you're listening, catch up on the show so we can review season nine. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Can't wait. Um, but yeah, no, so, you know, again, it's just uh, over and over again, Democrats show that they have no virtue whatsoever and that they use arg- and any argument that they make, you should be extremely suspicious of because they're just virtue signaling. They'll say one thing. They'll say, you know, uh, you know, you have to support them, blah, blah, blah. But then they hold uh, they don't hold these people accountable at all when they vote like fucking Republicans. I mean, this is the, the the amount of devastation that this guy could do on the Supreme Court is like massive. And for any Democrat in the fucking caucus to say, you know, I, I would vote yes for him is so unconscionable. I, I can't even fucking like, I, I mean, this is who they are. We know this is who they are, but it's just even even just to keep up appearances. It's fucking amazing that they they'll come out and say that in public. You know, you know it's because it's because they're not household names and they can be the rotating bad guy and they're they know and you know it's true it's they're safe in their district they could take a moral stand but it's like the, you know they only take a moral stand on an issue that has no consequence whatsoever and is gonna get gonna go one way or the other anyway then they'll say well I fought against that thing when they like knew full mm-hmm. well there was no blowback for it or there wasn't gonna be any blowback for it so you know I'm gonna make my prediction right now I'm gonna say. Kavanaugh gets confirmed before the midterms. Uh, Manchin, Jones, Heidi Heidkamp are going to vote for him, at least. Uh, I'll say those three are going to be the uh, be the bad guys this go around. Yeah. And, well, yeah. It's, the resistance. You know, I don't. I mean, whatever. We it was going to be this way. You know, we we warned those people. We said, look, if you cheat Bernie, you sabotage Bernie. You don't realize it, but it's not because of this, but 
regardless of how you 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 know, sabotage Bernie, Hillary can't, is not going to be able to win. And it was pretty much by March or April of 2016. I think all of us kind of knew like it was a done deal. They had they had rigged it as much as they could, and it was enough. It was enough that um, Bernie wasn't going to get it. And um, I mean, that was it. I, I somehow thought like I must be wrong. I must be wrong. There's no way Trump really could win. But deep down, it was like, no, there's no fucking way. There's no fucking way Hillary Clinton's getting elected president of America. <laughs> not as no, not as fucked as awful. America has been. Not as unpopular of a brand as she is. You know, that she knew. I mean, she knew that going to Michigan and, and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin only would make her numbers go lower. And what kind of what kind of politician, the more you put them out there and the more they talk, the lower their numbers get. Well, we talked about that study, it, it, which I, I just laugh at because it's fucking hilarious. It's like, why are you in politics? Literally every time she's entered a race, uh, her approval rating has only ever gone down. She's never improved. Yeah, which is the total opposite. <laughs> the total opposite of everyone else who's ever ran for office. Their problem is lack of exposure. They'll take any exposure they can get. And the total opposite when you are so fucking despised, you know, across the board. Every time she opens her mouth right, on a campaign, she loses it, approval. It's, you know, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah. So it's. I just want to reiterate this, and it's been said, you know, that this Kavanaugh guy, his appointment, bloody Gina, uh, Pompeo, all these motherfuckers, this is Hillary's fault because she was so fucking arrogant. She refused to let democracy pick the winner, you know. Yeah. And that's. Yeah. And and then they got caught, and then they got fucking caught by whether it was a leak or whether it was Russian hackers, whoever the fuck it was, they got caught. And that hurt them even more because they lost their own base because everyone realized they cheated. And, you know, the the Republicans could say, look, they're just as corrupt as they always accuse us of, which is true. I mean, like the, one of the few times they're right. You know, and it, it was like, there you go. Who do you who lost this thing? Hillary Clinton lost this thing. All of us are suffering because of her. Yeah, no, absolutely. <sighs> Fucking hell. So, yeah, you know, and again, uh, you know, I, I mentioned how the Democrats, you know, they they didn't get a vote on Merrick Garland. And I mentioned how I think that that is uh, the fault of the Democrats. And the reason I say that is because, again, like we mentioned for this pick, they could have done procedural uh, protests. They could have not showed up. They could have done a lot of things. Uh, to, they could have been on TV every fucking day saying uh, your Senate is not respecting the democratic process. They don't want to let they didn't do any of that because they thought, oh, there's no way Hillary Clinton's losing to Donald Trump again. And their fucking supreme arrogance. They thought that picks ours. I guarantee you Hillary was like, no, don't push for it. I want to make the seat the pick for that seat. And again, like we talked about last week, she was considering appointing a Republican from Texas to approve her poll numbers in Texas. Of course. Because of this mi- mythical course. fucking idea that somehow Democrats are going to win Texas with these bullshit milquetoast corporate policies. Like, get the fuck out of here. You know, spare me any of your fucking Susan Sarandon talk or any of that shit. It's it's nonsense. Ugh. All right. Well, so, you know, speaking of the Democrats being huge fucking hypocrites, uh, we had big uh, news uh, yesterday out of New York 14, uh, where superstar of all superstars, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, won her, you know, won her primary against uh, corrupt uh, Democratic Party uh, mega boss Joe Crowley a couple weeks ago. Um, so, you know, I on the podcast, uh, which was one of the better ones I think we've done in a while, the 
uh, I, I was somewhat, uh, I praised Crowley somewhat because I said, oh, well, you know, he was, he, he was uh, gracious in concession and he dedicated a song to her and all this yeah, stuff. Everyone called him classic. Yeah. I, yeah, I take all that back. I, I I apologize for ever even fucking saying that because this motherfucker. If you guys didn't see it this week, uh, Joe Crowley. So, for people that don't know, the Working Families Party is is kind of they're a pseudo progressive party. They're a third party essentially, but they're really just kind of the labor wing of the Democratic Party in the state. And you know they're hit or miss. Uh, they've endorsed some shitty candidates. They've endorsed some good. They endorsed Bernie in the primary, which I give them credit for. Um, I I think like a lot of unions uh, or a lot of gr- labor groups rather, their membership is pretty progressive, but the uh, the bosses and the leaders of the of the group tend to skew more corporate. So um, you know they got a lot of shit from Hillary for endorsing Bernie in the primaries. Um, for some reason, they endorse Crowley in in this primary. I don't know if it's because they think Ocasio Cortez didn't have a chance, or if because he the party didn't know who she was. The, the party just like, who's this chick? I don't know. Yeah. Well, and also he's a fucking thug. Like he would muscle. You know, look look, look what happened with Rokana. He was like, well, you know, I helped you with this bill, so you better come out and endorse me, even though yeah. I stand for everything you're opposed to. Um. <clears throat> So, you know, they uh, endorsed Crowley uh, going into the primaries, and Ocasio won. So, uh, you know, standard practice is to vacate the line because he, you know, would automatically have been eligible to be uh, on the Working Families Party ballot line. Um, But, and typically what would happen is you would vacate that line, then they would endorse uh, whoever wins, and then that person would run the line. That's what happened with Bernie. You know, Hillary got the Working Families Party endorsement after Bernie lost the primary or, you know, whatever, however you want to phrase it. Um, so being that Joe's such a classy guy who uh, played a song Born to Run for uh, AOC, uh, he did just that, right? He he left he left the ticket, right? Yeah, no, of course he did. No, oh, wait a minute. No, he didn't at all do that. Um, he fucking won't leave the ticket. And as a matter of fact, he's being disingenuous and lying about it. So now Joe Crowley... Uh, is going to be essentially a spoiler on the, the New York State uh, primary ballot, or I'm sorry, the general election ballot in November. So he's running as a third-party spoiler to split the vote. Um, so it, is it fair to apologize to, uh, should Democrats apologize to Ralph Nader and uh, Jill Stein now? Yeah, should, no, I, every, every other fucking third-party candidate that they complain about. Yeah, it's just like, Again, this is like they have no fucking principles whatsoever. They virtue signal, and then when it actually comes time for them to do the right thing, it, what what they consider to be the right thing, they they are like, no, we're 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 going to keep our power. We're you know, yeah. I, I I you know, I've got a lot of money. I have millions Howard of dollars Dean, from all these corporations. Howard Dean, everyone pulled out his old tweets saying that uh, you know all the all the Green Partyers should be ashamed of themselves. Now is tweeting out, well, uh, you know, Joe's going to do the right thing. Don't worry. It's like. He hasn't done the right thing, though. If he did the right thing, we wouldn't even be talking about this. It wouldn't be an issue. So clearly, it's like the brain worms of Howard Dean, where he's a doctor that opposes single payer. Like that, that his contradictions are probably some of the worst I've ever seen in the yeah. Democratic Party. Well, he's a fucking lobbyist now. He's he's a total fucking. Se- he's the biggest sellout of all time when you compare his old rhetoric to his current rhetoric. Um. So yeah, I, I wanted to share the tweet uh, that Ocasio sent out regarding it. Uh, Repto Crowley stated on live TV that he would absolutely support my candidacy. 
Instead, he stood me up for three scheduled concession calls. Uh, now he's mounting a third-party challenge against me and the Democratic Party and against the will of New York Working Families Party. So uh, his stupid-ass response... How does he stand her up for three Alexandria, calls? Like, he's not even running that anymore. <laughs> like, he has no, all the free so, time in the world. But if, But if he never concedes... And then he wins. He's like, well, I never conceded. You know, the people, I guess, wanted me to, to be on. That's, that's why he's fucking doing it. He's being so disingenuous, right. acting like it was a scheduling yeah, and conflict. He, and he's, he's still got a pinned tweet on his campaign page as though he's still running. Like, it's, it's just it's fucking gross. Yeah. No, it's, it's absolutely absurd. So uh, Joe responded to her, Alexandria, the race is over and Democrats need to come together. The fucking balls of this guy to say that as he's mounting basically a third party challenge against the person that fucking trounced him in a primary. Democrats need to come together. Are you fucking kidding me right now, Joe? Yeah, um, well, he's he's running as a spoiler because that's all he can do because they have to diminish her any way they can, right? So mm-hmm. none of the people who are currently in office want to do, play that role. So Joe's got to play the rotating bad guy. If he ever wants to be back in good grace with the party and ever have a position in the party, he's got to be the guy to, to keep taking heat from her because he's already lost, right? That's his job that he has now. Yeah. So essentially what he's saying... Um... So here, here's a little excerpt from uh, an article about it. Even in Ms. Ocasio-Cortez's district, the Working Families Party line was won by Mr. Crowley, who has secured the party's endorsement. Uh, Bill Lipton, state director of the Working Families Party, said he immediately reached out to Mr. Crowley's campaign uh, to request that he vacate the line. To Mr. Lipton's chagrin, uh, his campaign declined. Mr. Crowley will remain on the ballot in November. You'd think that the, uh, given the moment we're in, says Mr. Lipton, that Democratic leaders would want to help progressive forces unite. So there's slight, there's slight complications uh, about removing your name from a ballot line, but they're not insurmountable. And of course, Joe Crowley is just being a, a stubborn little bitch about it and doesn't want to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. Working Families Party tweeted out today, uh, there are many ways for Joe Crowley to remove himself from the November ballot. It's outrageous that he refuses to show Ocasio the basic respect of doing so. Uh, either way, we know who, who we're supporting and we know who the next member of Congress from New York 14 will be. Um, so essentially he was, he's basically rules trolling and saying like, well, I can't do it unless I die or change states or blah, blah, blah. So like nobody's stopping you from dying, Joe. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, the other thing is he fucking lives in Virginia. He never spends any time in New York. He, he, his Virginia license plates on his car. Like he lives in fucking Virginia. People were saying like, why don't you just register to vote in Virginia? And then of course the centrist, you know, fucking blue checks popped into the, well, this is a ridiculous ask to ask him to change his registration state. I can't believe you'd ask him to do that. He's represented, you know, the 14th district for 20 years. He said uh, that would be election fraud, and I don't believe in breaking the... Like, what? You have no fucking scruples when it comes to breaking the rules. Your whole fucking party is a bunch of fucking lying, corrupt pieces of shit. You're a bunch of fucking money whores. You'll fucking break any rule you want to when it suits your needs. Yeah, and, and but it's absurd. It's also not at all election. He's just so fucking disingenuous. And again... I never again want to hear the words Susan Sarandon come from the lips of a centrist because if they're going to complain about, you know, third or Jill Stein about third party or not voting for yeah. Hill, it's, it's fucking nonsense. Cause if Alexandria loses to a Republican, cause Joe Crowley siphons off some of her votes, that's going to be a hundred percent his fault. This is not a third party challenge well, that he's mounting. This is him being a stubborn little bitch about losing 
to a 28-year-old socialist and not doing the right thing and getting off of the the ballot line that he does that, from a party that doesn't even want to have him on their ballot line. Right. Well, there's no way she's not going to win the 14th, but it's still it's it it starts well, I, to drive yeah, a wedge in her support with people who are still players in the party. You know, that's and that's what they want is to do anything they can to hobble her momentum. You know, and make it look like, oh, look, she, she doesn't get along well with others. She doesn't get along well with, with us establishment types. So we can't, um, you know, we can't trust her to come be a part of the, you know, the, the inner circle, which, you know, I'm, I'm glad. Those are, those are character traits I'm proud of. <laughs> yeah, but I know. They'll still, still use it against her and say, oh, look, she's still too much of a fringe candidate to really be a leader within the party. You know, well, and that's that's to their own detriment that they would do that because it's like that's the only fucking chance they have. But of course, you know, they don't care if they lose. They're there to make money, not win. So, and again, it's just like the 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 the, the condescension and veiled sexism from a crowd that always accuses progressives of sexism is hilarious. The way that they concern troll her and tell her, "Oh, well, this isn't an appropriate conversation for Twitter. You two should take this to." De-. I saw so many fucking blue check shithead reporters saying that in the comments of her post, and it's like, "Fuck you, man!" Like this guy is a disingenuous prick. He should have. Uh, done the right thing and he's not going to and he's trying to hide it now he's gonna and then if he you know somehow siphons some votes he's be like oh gee is that my fault i i you know i didn't do anything they that i legally could not have gotten off that line it's not my fault that people prefer to vote for me instead of well, her like he, fuck off. he he tried really hard at the end there once he realized he was fucked that uh he tried to show that he was a nice guy and do the right thing and people saw right through that and he sabotaged his own debates because he he knew that he was fucked Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he's no, who, who's ever going to remember his name five years from now? Who's going to remember the name Joe Crowley? Nobody. Nobody. No one's going to remember you, Joe. You're a fucking has been. Yeah. I, I, I you know, I, I, I think that she's going to win and I, I think that it's going to still be pretty easy, but I, you know, there's always the chance that he siphons off, you know, 20% of the vote. That she would have gotten, and it and well, it becomes way closer the, than it should have been. Like the last time I checked in on the Republican guy that uh, Ocasio's got to run against, he hadn't received no a single donation <laughs> because he hadn't filed anything yet. He hasn't filed the paperwork to be able to form. take it. Now, and keep in mind, this is the Bronx in Queens, which is like seventy percent people of color and like. 80% immigrant, right? Yeah. Somewhere, just huge majorities, right? So it's the idea like that a white Republican... Democrat. Yeah. Yeah. It's... She's won. She's won. But... And that's why she's spending all so much time right now campaigning for other socialist Democrats uh, around the country. Like, she's just boosting everybody. She's not wasting any time just coasting. She's like, look, I've got all this political capital already, and I'm not even in office, so I'm going to go campaign with Bernie. I'm going to go campaign with Keith Sellison. I'm going to go campaign with, uh, what's her name, Teach Out Lady. Uh, I'm going to campaign with uh, Abdul Al-Seed in Michigan running for governor. She, I mean, she's a fucking force of nature (laughs) you know i've never seen somebody who was so good a communicator and also such a brilliant uh campaign strategist at the same time like i don't even know who her campaign manager is i don't even know if she had one because she every time i hear her talk about her strategy she did this extended uh hour and a half hour almost hour long um podcast with some 
uh, somebody, I don't remember who it was, Jacobin had a partial transcript, but if you listen to the whole thing, she talks about like hard number crunching of turning non-voters into ones and twos, right? Not just turning threes into ones and twos, but turning non-voters into ones and twos. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you probably aren't actually listening to this podcast because you probably, you've worked on enough campaigns if you're listening to this yeah. to know what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that's the thing the Democrats are doing. It's like, well, why would we invest time and energy? It's like, well, because if you have a moral center and you care about something enough, you'll fight for the people who have been disenfranchised, not just the people you know are going to vote for you. And that's where all these fucking establishment Democrats are weak as hell because they haven't been out there busting the turf on their feet in, in decades. They just go after the money. Right. And they and that we've I mean, this has been proven this last two years that that's not enough anymore, that you can beat the money with doing the real work, with having hundreds of volunteers, with having a slick media campaign that doesn't even have to cost that much. Yeah, no, absolutely. She's also supporting uh, Julie Salazar uh, here in New York, who's running for state Senate as an open socialist. Uh, So I really want to try to get her on the podcast because a lot of people are saying she's the next Ocasio-Cortez. But, you know. What what Ocasio would say of that is no, she's the first Julie Salazar, but uh, she's she's also really right. good. So uh, there there are a lot of really good candidates, and and the, the beautiful thing about her candidacy is how many doors it's open for these people to get national attention that never would have been there before. You know, now now Julie no. Salazar is doing national uh, press it's and things like that. A whole new world. It's fucking great. Just like the song. Um, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't trying to do it, but I, I kind of put a little, oh, little, shit. little bit in there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you got, and then you've got uh, current uh, incumbent governor of New York State, uh, Cynthia Nixon, who's who is calling for the abolition of ICE, calling ICE a terrorist organization. Could you imagine that? Uh, I can't imagine it now. That rhetoric, five years yeah, ago. yeah, no, <laughs> like, absolutely not. And and everyone's like, well, can't really argue that separating families to deliberately emotionally traumatize them is anything but terrorism. You can't really say it's anything but. <laughs> There's also accusations um, that ISIS participated in like slave trading essentially with these people. Like what, but like le- by legal definition, like not, you know, not literally they were like auctioning them, but the, the, yeah, the, this is a fucking national stain, uh, you know, uh, even for a country as horrible as us, this is a real stain on our fucking country. Well, it, it's like, it's, you know, look how bad it was, and this was the line in the sand, and people are rightfully saying, you know, abolish ICE, abolish DHS, but, like, things had to get really fucking bad for a long time, and, and no one paid attention to it. So, uh, yes, this is way worse. This is this is barbaric. This is, um, I mean, this is, this is like, you know, when the Nazis, they perfected the idea of... Um, we're not going to torture you. We're going to torture f- your family in front of you to psychologically torture you. Like they yeah. perfected that idea of, of collective punishment. And that's what this is. It's, it's psychological terrorism. The fear of losing your family and the fear of knowing that, you know, after it only, if you're three years old and haven't seen your parents, how long does it take before you forget they even existed? Not long, you know, and that, yeah. that's that kind of trauma to a child or to a parent. Like that's something that does not go away. Once they're reunited, there's going to be emotional scars there for a long fucking time. So the only reason why you would do that on purpose is if you're a fucking Nazi. Only a fucking Nazi would think that's a good idea. We should do that to people of color. 
Yeah. <clears throat> no, absolutely. And we have a fucking, you know, <laughs> Nazi president controlling a fucking Gestapo army of, of thugs ripping people from their fucking homes. And, you know, yeah, and Demo- it's not it's it's not friendly people that want to help their communities that join ICE either. It's fucking Nazis. It's not. Oh, yeah. There's no. no the there's no. Uh, you know from high school. Yeah. I, I have I haven't heard anyone try to say uh, it's a few bad apples and ice. <laughs> <laughs> but see now that's a that's a good point because I think you know the people who are more centrist or just more uh, civility trolling uh, Democrats should really take that as a point and say like look you know when we say that the, the few bad apples arguments bullshit you should think of the police the same way you think of ice because that's the fucking police force right now like right. It, you know <laughs> well they always it's, forget to rest that line it's a, what is it i forget the exact words but it's essentially it's a a few bad apples spoils the entire bunch and that's the whole uh-huh. that's why it's why it's after because yes yeah. it's it spoils the whatever the bushel <laughs> um yeah, it takes those couple killer cops and then a bunch of other ones to protect them that basically the whole thing is is toxic. Um, but, yeah, and there I am again without my uh, Bad Boys theme song ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. Uh, yeah. So, so what um, else was fucked up this week? <laughs> well, I guess we might as well talk about Russia because uh, everyone else on the planet seems to be doing that ad nauseum. Um, so Did they win things. the World Cup? No, I you know I felt bad for them. I kind of wanted to, I they were the host yeah. city. I kind of wanted to see them uh see them go all the way. And and then I wanted it's, to see England, but like, you know, I'm gl- I'm glad for Croatia. They're a fun yeah, it's, team. Yeah, it's it's weird when um like the politics of people on the the actual far left, um people to the left of me, uh mixes with like sports stuff because you'll see comments on Twitter where it's like, "I really hope Russia beats fascist Ukraine." <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, I try well, not to, not, yeah. they're not wrong. <laughs> I know, but I try not to put too much of that shit into it because it's also like most of these guys probably don't give a fuck about, about world politics. When you're oh, a I professional, you're they don't give a, I thought they were going to say they don't give a shit about sports. <laughs> so they were no, no. Like, well, I no, only no, like I mean, the sports teams based on the politics of the country. No, I mean the players from those teams. Like when you're a professional sports oh, player, yeah, that's like yeah, your yeah. entire fucking life. Like you don't have time for, you oh, know. Well, there was... <laughs> There was that picture. It was a guy from the World Cup who like fucking karate kicked a Nazi doing a Hitler salute in the stands. Like that soccer oh, player so I didn't kicked see a that. fucking Nazi in the chest like years ago with his fucking cleats like right in the chest. Who's literally you can see him doing the Nazi salute and he just fucking ran up and kicked him in the chest. So I know that there is the they're not totally unaware of politics. But, okay, that's that's awesome. Uh, I didn't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll try Tucker's to find the picture fun, for man. you. I I, uh, I I've never really watched it until this World Cup, but it's I, I I've it's grown on me. I understand why everyone around the world loves it. Although it, the funny thing to me is the, the reason soccer fans are so insane. It's because like think about how insane like a Yankee Red Sox rivalry game is, where they'll fucking beat the shit out of each other in the stands, and then so you you take the the insanity of team sports, you know, fandom. And then you add on top of that, like jingoism and nationalism and national oh, yeah. pride. It's like, well. it's like, it's amazing that there's not like, like massive, like fucking death tolls after every soccer match that ends like well, you know, I, badly. I, I feel like, um, like the, the East coast 
baseball rivalries are very motivated by nationalism and religion as well. Oh um, yeah. Well, so there's <laughs> no, I'm the better Catholic, you know, like that. Yeah, no, the fucking uh, fucking Red Sox fan. Like I'm a Yankee fan, but fucking Re- and Yankee fans too. They're just the most obnoxious. Yankee and Red Sox fans are the most obnoxious human beings you will ever encounter in your life. Like just yeah. you go to a fucking Yankee game and see someone wearing a Red Sox hat or vice versa. It's like, hey, you fucking queer. Why don't you come over here? I'll kick it. Like, it's just the most. Even fans of the same team, even fans of the same (laughs) team. I was walking around Chicago one time, and these two guys were like of the same team, and they're like roughing each other up. And I'm trying to like walk by them on the sidewalk and not get involved. And like, immediately one sees me, like grabs me by the arm. He's like, hey, you want to punch this fucking queer? And I'm like, no, I don't. I don't. I could tell they were friends just fucking around, but I'm like, they're wasted. Like you yeah, know, Cubs yeah. fans just fucking like they just want to fight for the for the fun of it. I'm like, no, guys, look, I really just do your thing. I'm not getting involved. I don't even like sports. Have you ever heard the uh, story of Ten Cent Beer Night at at, a, at at like I forget, I think it was like a Tigers game in Detroit. Oh man, every every year opening days, like the all of downtown is one giant fucking dumpster of just people from the suburbs dumping their trash and getting wasted and burning shit. Well, they tried, uh, but yeah, yeah. In the seven and Dave Anthony on on the Dollop podcast did a really funny episode about this. But basically, they tried to do like a ten cent beer night as a promotion for this game, which was you know cheap even for back then, really cheap. And it just devolved into an absolute riot, just constantly people running out onto the field and fighting players, yeah, and yeah. burning shit. Like it was just a fucking nightmare. It's really a funny story. People, I'll, I'll we're way off up. track. Yeah um yeah so well we started uh, talking about world cup it was timely so it was it was so yeah russia um a couple things i want to mention uh you know before the stuff from today uh there was a lot of russia talk in the news because uh the fucking shithead grifters like jonathan chait uh are on their bullshit again jonathan chait published a piece about how definitively he thinks that Russia has been grooming Donald Trump since 1987 to be the president that is their mentoring. And they put him on television. They put him on fucking Chris Hayes, MSNBC, a news show, a news show to basically be like, I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. <laughs> like that's that's the level of what the fucking content is now. On that's, MSNBC. that's the level of credibility that he fucking has. That is the level of that ancient aliens guy's yeah. credibility. And I don't know um, if anyone who's listening to this has seen this guy's fucking face, but like I've never seen a face more fit for radio. Oh yeah, well he just looks <laughs> fucking disingenuous. He just has like a very disingenuous yeah. face. You know, he just looks like he's fucking lying here. It's so. Uh, yeah, it's, it, yeah. it's it had been circle and drain for a long time, and now it's to the level of like, well, what if you know what what if Bernie like the the whole Jen Kirkman thing like, well, Bernie's a Russian agent has been for decades. It's like, are you fucking insane? Well, clearly you're insane. But now it's like, well, what if Trump's been an agent for decades too? It's just it's such fucking horseshit. Yeah, no, it, it's this is this is. Uh, this is the fu- this is liberals Benghazi. This is absolutely liberals Benghazi. It, it's fucking. That's what it's become. And, you know, you Poor had... Ben Gazzari. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, oh, and by the way, for Chait's piece, he had this fucking psychotic, uh, like, chart, like, where he... It, it looked like that, that well, meme like everyone posted. Sunny, yeah. It's always it's sunny always with sunny Charlie, like, it. pointing to the board of, like, the red... That's literally what it looked like. You need to see this. Go Google this fucking thing. It's, it's, I, it, yeah, it's absurd. I it. it's, it's a fucking flow chart to end all flow charts. Yeah. 
it, it's just such a like I could you could connect me to fucking Vladimir Putin with that many fucking strings on a flowchart, you know? Like I'm, seriously, I'm convinced Kevin Bacon is Vladimir Putin at this point. It's one degree of yeah. separation. I mean, have we ever seen them in the same room? I don't think so. I mean, it's no. it's possible. So. Uh, you know, during all this, Greenwald uh, was doing a great job, you know, debunking a lot of this shit and saying, hey, this is, you know, fact free. Why don't you fucking, you know, <laughs> maybe look into some of these claims you're making before you actually make them on national television? Um, so he tweeted out, uh, if you want to see just how sick and toxic U.S. political discourse has become, how Dems, MSNBC and U.S. government operatives have sunk. Uh, to the level of unhinged, unhinged McCarthyite paranoia and jingoism, just read this. The most extreme accusation spewed without an iota of evidence. Um, it's it's a pathology. And then he <clears throat> tweeted out some of these tweets regarding him. Uh, this one from Malcolm Nance. Uh, read, Glenn Greenwald shows his true colors as an agent of Trump in Moscow. <laughs> now we know why he helped Snowden defect. Covers for WikiLeaks attack on democracy and chills for Fox News. None of those are true. Um, he's deep in the Kremlin pocket. So, and I have a couple more uh, tweets that he collected, but I just want to address a couple things in that. Number one, he didn't help Snowden defect. He met him in China after he had already left the country. Uh, Snowden got stuck in Russia because John Kerry canceled his fucking passport because they were trying to catch him and extradite him. Uh, right. He well, had no desire yeah, to stay was, in Russia. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons he also stayed there is because Russia has no extradition treaty, so he was somewhat safe there. But yeah, uh, you're, you're correct. But he, he, but he literally got like stuck in the airport, yeah. Um. So, uh, what was the other thing? So, uh, he shills for Fox. I mean, that's just ridiculous. He goes on Fox News and argues with Tucker Carlson uh, and argues, you know, leftist yeah, it's, talking it's, points. So, do, so does fucking Anna from TYT. She goes on all the fucking talk shows. I mean, you go on TV. It's it's like Gore Vidal said, never miss a chance to have sex or be on television. You just don't. It's <laughs> a great quote. Yeah, um, Gore Vidal was great. Yeah. Uh, and then he's deep in the Kremlin pot. You know, whatever. I mean, this <laughs> is fucking absurd. Uh, so no, another tweet. Um uh, and this was a retweet of an RT article uh, where it said, Greenwald, I came to Russia uh, to combat the U.S.'s toxic view on the country. And then this uh, idiot, counter check ice, I don't fucking know, uh, said, uh, that's what you've been doing for a long time, Glenn Greenwald. Don't pretend it's some new endeavor. Being a paid shill for the FSB. Hashtag Snowden op. Uh, and then fucking Howard Dean, you know, old Biaw himself again was saying... Uh, would be interesting to find out uh, if the Intercept gets gets money from Russia or Iran. Are you fucking kidding me, motherfucker? You get money from every fucking healthcare corporation in the world to to make lies up about people pushing single payer, and you're gonna say, "Oh, where's where's Intercept get their money from?" Like, are you fucking kidding me right now? And and Intercept right. does not get they get their money from fucking yeah. a Qatari well, billionaire who bought the you you, you gotta. It, it's it's the Karl Rove thing, you know. If if you get all of your money to, to pay for your corporate media from weapons manufacturing, the way MSC, MSNBC and NBC are owned by General Electric, the largest main weapons manufacturer in the country, you have no leg to stand on. You're completely corrupt, and every word you say is questionable. So when anyone is an independent journalist like Glenn Greenwald, Jeremy Scahill, um, 
uh, Ed Schultz at, at several points in his career, um, you know, any of these people, it, they have to make them seem like they're the untrustworthy ones for having an actual uh, ethical compass of journalistic integrity that you don't just put things on the news that are, could possibly be. You put things on the news that you've proven are factual, or at least mm -hmm. if they're contentious, you present both sides of an argument if it's one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's one more tweet from another blue check, Robert Trum. Um, you are a criminal agent of Putin conspiracy and a profound enemy of progressive politics. Uh, sees anything perfect, but you are do I don't even know what the fuck that means. He's just saying he's, again, just, you know, unhinged fucking nonsense about uh, how he's a Russian agent and all this fucking bullshit. Because um, he, you know, went over to Russia to meet with, uh, meet with Snowden and to kind of, you know, uh, do stuff like that. But, um, so, you know, today, uh, the big, you know, number one trending topic was about these 12 Russian hackers that uh, Mueller sent out indictments for. And I saw headlines like uh, Mueller's indictments prove Russian meddling in election, things like that. Um, so I was like, oh, well, that's a pretty lofty claim considering it's just an indictment and not a conviction, you know, how, how courts work and things like indictments. So, you know, of course, they're going to report it breathlessly because this fits their narrative. So I what but I was like, all right, well, look, hey, if these guys, if he has proof that these guys actually, you know, did meddle in the election, uh, then that's that's good that he's, you know, investigating it. Wait, uh, wait, let me let me make a prediction. The indictments had nothing to do with election meddling. Well, so <laughs> y yes and no. So d number one, the indictment the evidence uh, presented was an intercepted email between Guccifer 2.0 and WikiLeaks, who we've known from the start was the uh, WikiLeaks intermediary that got them the documents. Now, uh, Julian Assange has very heavily alluded to the fact that Seth, Re uh, Seth Rich leaked the, uh, documents to Guccifer 2.0. Nobody knows who that is, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, and then they gave them the WikiLeaks. Uh, what Mueller is saying in the indictment is that Guccifer 2.0 is a front for these Russian operatives. But there's no actual proof listed anywhere in this indictment. And the beauty of this, and again, people are going to be like, oh, well, why would he do that? These 12 people are never going to be extradited, so they'll never have to stand trial. So they never have right. to present this evidence. They never have to present the, the evidence to the public. Well, and the other thing is, this is, this is the big thing. All right, so... The thing that, you know, and if you if you follow Donut Twitter today, all they had to say was like, I bet Glenn Greenwald's at home crying right now. And it's like, why would he cry about something that's so, you know, toothless? Like, first of all, e even if let's let's pretend that this this is all let's say it's factual. Let's say they even bothered to prove it that 12 Russian hackers uh, hacked the DNC because that's all they've been accused of doing is hacking the DNC's emails and exposing what? Well, uh, well, this is this is the fun part. This is where it gets really fun. Is that they want to pretend that this was a an attack, an attack in quotes on U.S. government. This is an attack on our democracy. But at the same time, the DNC wants to pretend they're a private entity, and this does not rise to the level of the Pentagon Papers because there are, these are private emails of a private entity that has no power. So they were stolen. Neera Tandon today said, a reminder, every reporter who gleefully trafficked in stolen emails via WikiLeaks abetted a crime. Not illegal activity, per se, but itself, uh, by itself, but unethical and immoral. 
So she wants to 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 play both sides here and pretend that you know uh, uh, somebody blowing the whistle like Chelsea Manning or Edward Snowden or. Um, and Daniel Ellsberg are criminals for what they did uh, because it's the same, you know, they want to pretend, she wants to pretend it's two different things, but it's somehow it's the same thing at the same time. And they never want to talk about what those emails was, were exposed, which was that the DNC fucking cheated and got caught cheating, made them all look terrible, and that helped bring down Hillary Clinton, which in that sense, it did. But still, if you wanted to make Trump look illegitimate, if, if Putin really wanted to help Trump, I don't think he would have done this. I think if Trump wanted to make, or if Putin wanted to make Trump look illegitimate and fuck him over, this is how you do it. You would make, it would set up a very obvious plot using like Russian email servers, very easily traceable Russian email servers that were trying to get Podesta's email to hack into that shit, which by and large, that's the consensus is that all they did was send a phishing scam email. Podesta's password was like, password with, instead of an O, it was a zero. And that was his fucking password. And that's how they got this fucking emails that showed they were cheating Bernie. Right, so if that's all it took, honestly, I don't believe for a minute Russians actually had anything to do with it. I think they'd like to. I think Rush, R- Trump did collude with Russians in whatever sense that means. But to say that, you know, exposing the truth of what the Democrats fucking did to to their own party to sabotage their own most electable candidate, they don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about how they got fucked and how, and how they fucked themselves and what those alleged hacks revealed. Yeah. And again, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm fucking, you know, beating a dead horse. But again, to the small group of people on, on the actual left who still are like all about this Russia thing. And of course, to all the people in the center who this is fucking catnip for. They just love listening to Rachel Maddow uh, act like Glenn Beck and make shit up that doesn't exist about Russia because it makes them feel better when they, she talks about Trump. There's a We're bridge not set- between North Korea and Russia. And across <laughs> that bridge... Oh, Some God. people went on a train. Only a train can go across that bridge. Do you know what that means? It's just like, what? Yeah. What is he talking about? It's so, you know, for all those people, we're not saying that there was no involvement at all. And again, we've always said that they probably had corrupt business deals with, with Russia, just like he has corrupt business deals with Israel, which we've actually proven, and Saudi Arabia, and yada, yada, yada. The whole point is that this is a fucking farce of an investigation to cover for the fact that their chosen anointed candidate, who was the most qualified candidate in the history of elections, lost to a fucking game show clown buffoon who couldn't talk his way out of a fucking paper bag. Like, that's total cognitive dissonance. It's like saying, well, the reason I have bad credit is because of the IRS, just because they caught me embezzling half a million dollars through a business. Fuck them for, you know, ruining my chances of being successful. It's like, no, you fucking (laughs) cheated, and you got caught cheating, and you fucked yourself. You were exposed for committing, you know, what didn't amount to a crime, because they argued in court that uh, they're allowed to cheat. They argued that during that that dumbass DNC fraud lawsuit, which, I mean, nobody thought that was a good idea, but at least they had to argue that it was their right to cheat the voters and violate their own bylaws that said they weren't allowed to favor one candidate over the other. They had to argue that they did it and it was their right to do it. So not only have they, you know, admitted that nothing in those emails was fraudulent, they have to, they had to admit that everything in it was fraudulent. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's just... Accurate. Uh, everything, they had to argue everything no, in emails was meant, accurate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm um, just, I misspoke. So, yeah, and, you know, Michael Tracy and Glenn Greenwald sum it up pretty perfectly, my feelings regarding the uh, the 12 Russian hackers that everyone's fucking... And, uh, again, I just want to in- reiterate, these are indictments. These are not charges. So for you to be reporting as a journalistic outlet 
that this proves Russian meddling is fucking journalistic malpractice. Like, it's just right. not... Well, that, that's not but, what an indictment uh, is. Like, you're being charged with a crime. You're not convicted right, of a exactly. crime. Like, it is being charged with a crime. And, you know, the, in theory, the idea of a grand jury was supposed to be to prevent overzealous prosecutors from just handing out charges whenever they wanted to. So it's it's the idea is that, you, that we have somewhat democratized the idea of, uh, you know, uh, charging people with capital offenses. I think that's good. But that said, the process is not open to the public. So nobody can see the, the you know what evidence is presented in a grand jury. Only the you know the judge and the jury and the prosecutor and none of the witnesses ever get cross-examined. So they hear no competing argument. They only hear the argument from one side. So it's very easy to control a grand jury and get the indictment you want for political reasons. So it's not that much of a deterrent to you know from having a very politicized, overzealous uh, prosecuting process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I and I just want to read out this uh, th- this statement regarding the uh, indictments because I think it's pretty pretty accurate. Uh, conveniently, the new Mueller indictment is once again heavy on assertion, light on tangible evidence, and because the indi- indictees are mysterious foreign adversaries, the purported evidence can be concealed in perpetuity on na- quote unquote national security grounds. Uh, to which Greenwald responded. Um, and because there is no, basically no chance that any of the named defendants here will ever be in a U.S. courtroom, none of these assertions will ever have to be proven, and thus no evidence presented for them. But the demands that the assertions be accepted on faith will be very high. Now, considering how expensive and how long this investigation has been and has gone on for, I would not put it past him at all, to uh, Mueller at all, to just uh, essentially, you know, be like, oh, yeah, I think these 12 guys uh, did it. Um Oh, what's that you say? You want evidence? Well, you know, they can't, they're not going to show up for their grand jury trials. So I'm not actually legally compelled to uh, present evidence, but just know I have it. And again, just a reminder for who Robert Mueller is, for everyone that uh, doesn't fucking know, testified in Congress that Saddam Hussein definitely has weapons of mass destruction. He was one of the well, leading that's what voices somebody told pushing him. that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right so yeah. you know again the, the, everyone who, all these liberals who want to act like robert Mueller is the beacon of integrity he's a fucking bullshit right-wing propagandist like every other fucking right-winger from that administration from the bush administration yeah. so this is you know again I, and and i i already can hear the straw man of people being like oh well, you you're just you're, you're trying to find any no, I'm using critical thinking skills. Like this, this, this is what you people are not fucking doing. This is fucking catnip for you. This is again, I, I this is liberal Benghazi. You want to hear any piece of evidence that supports this fucking crackpot theory that somehow Vladimir Putin is this puppet master and that he played every one like a fiddle and somehow made Hillary not go to Wisconsin and not do all these other right. things and. You know, well, it's in, just in, fucking in, nonsense. Exactly. To be fair, it, I mean, it's confirmation bias. Like you, you, it's you know. Remember when, um, you know, when uh, America shot down the uh, the Iranian passenger jet, and it was like they had every indication that it was a passenger jet, but they kept going along with what they had trained for, not what the facts were at the moment, right? And they call that, mm-hmm. um, uh, oh, what's the word for it? It's such a great term. Um, it's called. Um, what describe it again it's so it's basically when a bunch of military people they it's a scenario fulfillment is what it's called oh, okay. scenario fulfillment when you see a, a target on your radar 
that you want so badly to be an enemy target, you ignore all the call signs that show <laughs> it's a civilian target because you want so desperately to kill it. You watch that, you know, the, the video that Chelsea Manning released that shows these guys, the comm chatter, just like, come on, come on, give us approval, give us approval. Tell us it's the enemy. Tell us it's the enemy. We want to kill it. We want to kill oh, it. Oh, they're so fucking bloodthirsty. It, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it, it's the same thing. When you want so badly for your enemy to be uh, covert Russian agents and not the Wall Street board of directors that are telling you how great Hillary Clinton is and paying her half a million dollars a speech, you know, it, like you you want to find an enemy and you'll find anywhere you want to. And, and you know, and their, their bias that they project towards us, or they, they say our bias, they would say our bias is that uh, we just love Putin because he's a, he's a, a far left commie. You know, yeah, which, which is, is just, hilarious because he's a far right authoritarian. <laughs> he's a far right anti LGBT authoritarian. He's a fucking oil baron. He's a you know brutal. It's there's nothing left wing about the guy, yeah. not one bit. He was, I mean, certainly he loved the KGB, which is hardly a, a, a radical revolutionary organization. Quite the contrary. No, the fucking CIA of of Russia. You know, they're horrible. So again, I, you know, and liberals repeat after me. Uh, being skeptical and using critical thinking in regards to the Russia investigation does not mean that we support Vladimir Putin. Like that's it, it's it's so fucking absurd to, that the, they're calling people like Glenn Greenwald a Putin puppet when uh, number one, uh, Glenn Greenwald's gay. So I'm pretty sure he's not going to support somebody who is rabidly anti-LGBT to the point of wanting to jail uh, gay and lesbian uh, people in, in Russia. <laughs> Um, yeah. number two, he's, he's opposed to him on virtually every policy he supports. So I don't know why they think yeah. all of a sudden that he's this, if, if he's supposed to be a Putin puppet, he's doing a terrible job because he's exposing yeah. leftist well, ideas to uh, millions I, of people. I, I mean, Vladimir Putin's not vegan and Glenn Greenwald is vegan. So I can only assume there's a disconnect there as well. I mean, in Russia, you kind of have to eat like baby seal meat. It's it's a rough, you know, the, right. the winter months right. are pretty rough. You can only, you can... yeah, you just you cut off a toe if it gets cold enough, and you just eat that. So that's, <sighs> fuck, yeah. So um, that happened this week. So you know, again, uh, for anyone following along with that investigation, uh, just use critical thinking skills. Don't read past the headlines, and actually look for evidentiary. Uh, you know, information because there does not seem to be any in any of these uh, breathlessly reported rush stories, which we yeah. covered and ad nauseum on this the show. Thing. Look, everyone is susceptible to groupthink. Everybody is. There's nobody who's who's inherently uh, not. You know, nobody's immune from it. All I'm saying is, like, look, it's you know, if if the best you can do is, well, this confirms everything I always believed, there's probably a good idea that it's, yeah, your your beliefs are too grounded in belief <laughs> right there. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, that's that's when you become a cult, which... Uh, not a cult. Definitely not a cult. <laughs> <laughs> Our leader is perfect, but we're not a cult. Uh, unless Susan's training, it's, it's okay to, to think of her as the mother of our cult because she does she doesn't really have any political power, so it's it's harmless. I think it's kind of fun to play around with the idea that she's our uh, she's our Hillary Clinton. She's our spiritual leader, I, I yeah. think for sure. Yeah, you know, as far as I can have a spiritual so, leader. So, uh, did any uh, any good things happen this week, or was it all like just a series of increasingly depressing? Uh, I mean, aside from the the, the leftward swing of socialist winning, uh, any other good things come out this week? No, not really. I mean, is it, do you have anything in mind? No, I didn't. I was hoping you could say. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a pretty, it was a pretty, pretty shitty week. But you know, so I, 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 yeah, I, uh, I, 
I just wanted to mention this really quick because I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough. Um, oh, yeah. So I, as I've said many times, I work for Department of State, and I talk to people all over the world, all over the country. Take a drink. Uh, and uh, what's that? <laughs> no, I was joking. I said take a drink because you mentioned take a drink. for the Department of take State. Take a drink. <laughs> working for the Department of State. Um, and I talked to somebody in Puerto Rico, and I like it's. I don't talk to anyone in Puerto Rico very often because, you know, they're fucking poor as shit, and they're still struggling from going through a massive hurricane and half the island still has no power. They're getting no help from our government, very little help from the Trump regime. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's baking hot down there and they have no AC. Right. And there's still, I talked to a guy today this week who said there's just still thousands, if not tens of thousands of people's homes, they have no roofs, you know, and this is almost a, a year later after this devastating hurricane. And, they're left with two choices. Either they rebuild a roof on their house without no AC and basically create a hot box that would be like a torture room, or they leave their homes with no roofs and just have tarps over them. So it's basically a shanty town, and then they're completely exposed the next time hurricanes come, which we're just about to start, and there's just tropical storm after tropical storm coming already. So it's it's like do you build your home back into a safe hot box that could boil you to death or do you leave it totally open? You could die from, you know, a fucking debris falling on you in the next hurricane. It, it's just, it's unconscionable. And the fact that these people are U S citizens who cannot vote in our elections. I mean, just right there, like if they could vote, this wouldn't be happening, but we don't let those people vote. We don't let Puerto Rican and Puerto Ricans who are American citizens vote in our actual elections. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, think about that. Literally letting people fucking die of exposure, letting American citizens die of exposure, but we're going to spend money on a stupid fucking wall along a border where we already have a 700-mile fucking wall, and the other, uh, yeah. you know, 1,400 miles are almost impassable because of uh, mountains and, and, you know, the Rio Grande and things like that. So that's what we're going to fucking waste money well, on when we actually we had, Trump, could help Trump had people. to give out a trillion dollars in tax cuts. I mean, that was Puerto Rico. They don't. What do they have to offer? Nothing. Yeah. They, what the do they have time. to offer? Empire. You know. Yeah. There's yeah, nothing to extract from those Tourism, people. That's about it. Exactly, and that's still that's mostly just San Juan. Tourists don't usually go any further than that, and it's a beautiful country. It is I mean, beautiful. When I say country, I mean like the countryside. Once yeah. you get out of San Juan, you won't see any purely Caucasian people, but you will see every mix of Cuban to African to Mexican skin tone you could ever imagine. Every combination you could ever imagine. Uh, Puerto Rico is one of the most uh, just in, enriched, lively, cultural, like the most diversity I've ever seen in one place where everybody was native to a place. I've never seen yeah. that much na diversity. And, and you could even, you could even, pass, you know, even if you had very light skin, very white skin, um, and still had blue eyes, as long as you had like dark uh, eyebrows and dark eyelashes, you could probably still pass for, for Puerto Rican. It was really only if you had like a Scandinavian blonde eyelashes that you probably wouldn't pass for it. But just the nicest people in the world, I swear. Yeah, yeah. No, I've I've only been there once when I was younger, but I I definitely love to yeah, go back. Too. Um, and you know, uh, there's a great episode of uh, that show, United Shades of America. People should check out. Uh, that's that show W. Kamal Bell does, where he goes and experiences shit, and he talks a lot about Puerto Rican statehood and their rights to vote and how we basically, you know, forcibly annex them in the usual imperialist manner that we fucking take territories over. Uh, and take states over and things like that. Uh, it's a good, it's a good watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, but yeah, I, the, the good news is on the horizon. I think we're gonna have a lot more uh, wins. I think we have a couple of big primaries coming up. Uh, 
think Sarah Smith in Washington, her primary is coming up soon, I believe. Uh, she's been on the show. She's fucking awesome. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of big uh, primaries coming up. So I think we're going to have some good news, hopefully, to report in the next few weeks. But uh, yeah, in the meantime... Well- and it's oh, yeah. all these all these all these socialist candidates that are who are women, you know? It's like you can't attack the they attacked the the Bernie bro socialist bro narrative for a long time and it's like they can't do that now. They're really struggling to attack these people and it's like even Joy Ann Reed is like, "Oh, I I'm totally embracing this now." It's like the whole you know, well, I I I, uh, I hate Bernie, even though I like everything he stands for. You know, or like I love Bernie's ideas, just as long as none of them come to reality. You know, uh-huh. or uh, uh-huh. now uh, my, they've run out of defenses. Right, right. Well, and my my favorite one that I've said many times was, uh, you know, I I totally support single payer, just not this single payer bill or the next one or the one after that. You know, it's like they they can't That's stall the anymore. Year. That's the elected <laughs> excuse. That's what the fucking Democrats in California did about that single payer bill. Right. They, you know, they, right. it's just fucking bullshit. Um. So, yeah, uh, you know, I think good things are on the horizon and uh, we will see. So, um, uh, yeah, make sure you rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash move left idiots, uh, soundcloud.com slash move left. Uh, Patreon, we're on Patreon. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash move left. Uh, I'm at move underscore left on Twitter. And I'm at chaos bot. 19 no fuck god damn it <sighs> you know it, one, one of these week. days we're gonna fucking <laughs> we'll get through it i think one we, week we got every through time it. every time i sing it i get it right every time i try to say <laughs> it i fuck it up it's i'm currently at chaos right 1999 god bless <laughs> all right uh we'll see you next week